Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Today on the Ether, Real Yield USD Performance Update, hosted by Somalia Finance. Let's take a listen. Cool. So thanks everyone for joining us. Um, I'm Josh. I work on the team at Somalia and we have, you know, some really special guests. We have Zucky, who's the co-founder, uh, Sun, who's the CEO of Seven Cs, and then D from uh, Blockworks Research. So a really exciting panel. Um, we're going to cover a few things today. One, just some general overview on what is Somalier, um, how it's different than some existing vault solutions and market. You know what our real yield USD product is that we launched that last week. You know how it's different than some of the existing vaults the first week performance of that vault, which has been really, really promising. Um, some of the use cases and then just some other odds and ends things when it comes to Somalier, like, you know, uh, how we're thinking about multi-chain and then some of the upcoming strategies we're exploring. So overall, a really, really exciting space. And um, I'm glad that, you know, Zucky, Sun, and Dee were, were able to join us for this. So just to kick it, uh, kick it off, um, Zaki, do you want to like remind folks like what Sommelier is and, and what we're about? Absolutely. Uh, so Sommelier is, uh, is a protocol for enabling actively managed DeFi strategies. Um, so what does this really mean? Um, well, we have a bunch of examples live today. Um, so we have the portfolio management strategies, um, that have been live since October, um, and they do, you know, they're essentially trading strategies. They uh, take exposure to uh, various assets. They trade in and out of them. Um, uh, and we have a bunch of third-party uh, strategy providers that are doing that. Um, and then what we've been, you know, the vision of the protocol has always been to allow taking arbitrary positions within DeFi. Um, and so what this required building essentially um, a smart contract, which uh, uh, Kevin and Crispy Mangos from our smart contract team basically built out, which is a system for doing, um, you know, essentially like the entirety of a fund back office, but in a smart contract. So nav calculations, fee calculations, like all of these pieces. Um, and so that, you know, completed audits uh, in December and we went live at the beginning of January with Real Yield USD. And we expect to have many more strategies coming um, that, you know, uh, allow you know simplify acts make you know complex DeFi protocols more accessible, and we have a great example of that in this first week of real yield USD performance. Got it. And how do you think about Somalia versus some other existing solutions like a a urine or an enzyme? Yeah. So what 
we observed with yearn is, you know, the original observation that led us to sort of start this, you know, long process of building out sommelier was that, you know, you see this common pattern with yearn and their strategies, which is you, they start out, the APYs look really good, um, uh, capital flows in, um, mark, and then the, you know, the opportunity, you know, the opportunity gets saturated with capital, um, yields don't look so attractive anymore. And then it's on the user to like sort of monitor and move on. Um, and what, you know, what I think DeFi needs, and if we want to like kind of uh, get away from the DIY, be your own fund manager, be your own bank um, in the like worst possible sense of it, where you have to do it all, do all the back office yourself. Um, you need set it and forget it strategies, and that requires dynamic management. Uh, but how do you do dynamic management without introducing custody? Um, and that has been uh, led to sort of this, all of the moving pieces that make the sommelier possible um, is, you know, so we're exploiting with real yield USD, this phenomenal opportunity that we're going to be talking about in the USDC, USDT, uh, uh, UNI V3 uh, um, pool. but you know, someday that opportunity is going to go away. Um, but the great thing about the the design of Sommelier is that as more adapters come on, we're going to continue to offer the best opportunities within the sort of risk profile uh, that exists within DeFi um, to everyone who's in the seller. Got it. And, you know, D, given that you're like sort of independently reviewing all these different opportunities as a analyst at BlockWorks, you know, how do you see Somalia versus some of the existing solutions? Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Um, yeah, so there's a handful of things. So I think it's as DeFi gets more institutionalized, and, and Zaki, Zaki really kind of hit the nail on the head, but I think as DeFi gets more institutionalized, you're going to see Web3 or, or crypto users really move away from being in their own bank. Um, developing these these mid frequency or just more complex DeFi strategies. Um, there's very few people in the world that can really take advantage, like truly take advantage of what DeFi has to offer. And you're going to see as DeFi gets more institutionalized, as more users come in, we really need to figure out a way to abstract the difficulties of DeFi. Um, we need to be able to kind of democratize the the financial access or, or the financial markets uh, to be able to offer these great yield opportunities that DeFi offers uh, to the average person that doesn't really know how to um, do, you know, uni V3 dynamic LP positioning, for example. Um, so I think as, again, as DeFi gets more institutionalized, there's going to be professional capital allocators that want to come into the space. But what they don't want to do is they don't want to have their alpha on chain, but they want to perform on chain. So things like Yearn are relatively static, frequency or, or very low frequency uh, strategies where really all they can do today is is like farm and compound on the farm yield from like a curve or a convex, for example. Um, but what Sommelier can do is it, it allows all this complex uh, computation done off chain. It allows people like individuals like you and me to deposit money into a vault that's, uh, that's really managed by a subset of validators on Sommelier chain. Um, and Long story short, the by doing this computation off chain, these professional uh, capital allocators can keep their alpha while performing the the complex transactions on chain, and depositors like you and me are able to actually benefit and and them as well because now these uh, capital allocators don't need to go fundraise from a handful of LPs. They can just deploy a vault, 
get approved through sommelier governance, and then anyone in the world can now start depositing money. Uh, and then these these professional strategists can start putting their uh, strategies to work. So I think the the off chain computation part, uh, allowing the the professional capital allocator to keep their their alpha off chain while performing on chain is is a huge benefit and, and a differentiator compared to like the yearns of the world. Um, and I also think I, I believe the the vaults for sommelier are going to be and and they might already be uh, Zaki, correct me if I'm wrong, but ERC forty six twenty six compliant. So something like an enzyme, uh, the vaults and enzyme are, are I don't believe are uh, ERC forty six twenty six compliant. What that means is um, it's pretty much a new token standard that allows vaults to be composable with other DeFi protocols. So you're going to be able to pretty much take um, your real yield USD token uh, that represents your your ownership in, in like an LP position kind of, and be able to compose that with a yearn finance. Uh, compose that with a handful of other DeFi protocols um, and, and really just kind of double down on your yields. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things that unlocks uh, that I won't get into right now, but yeah, uh, I'll pause there. No, that was a great overview. And yeah, like you mentioned, these these vaults are uh, ERC4626 compliant. So a lot of composability options for sure. Um, let's, let's kick it over to Sun and just get into some of these real yield USD performance metrics and just, you know, an overview of the vault. And then we can dig into some of the more specific questions around that. Um, but Sun, do you want to give us an overview of what real yield USD is? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so I'm going to steal the way Zaki kind of introduces this by starting with like the constraints for this strategy. Uh, so, you know, first consideration is we asked the question like, you know, how do you maximize yield for like the three major stable coins in DeFi, right? Which are DAI, USDT, USDC. So this is one constraint. We want a product that maximizes yield using only these major stable coins and you know, not going into like less, less used coins. Uh, the second constraint is that we also want it to stick to like the major DeFi protocols where there's a lot of usage and a lot of fees being earned. And that those are what we settled on there were Aave, Compound and Uniswap V3. So what real yield USD does is it maximizes your DAI, USDC, USDT stablecoin yield using Aave, Compound, and Uniswap V3. And the key reason why you know performance is as good as it is, and we can get more into that, is that there's this massive like untapped opportunity in the USDC, USDT pool on Uniswap V3 that uh, you really need a kind of sophisticated architecture like Somalier to be able to extract value from. Uh, so, you know, we've, we have our first week of performance. I'm sure we're going to talk more about that. Uh, but that's what real yield USD is. And then just, I know you've spent time examining the um, existing vault landscape, especially in regards to stable coins. Can you touch on some of the high level ways in which this is different than some other stable coin opportunities? Yeah, so there's no shortage of stable coin opportunities, uh, you know, in DeFi. Um, the the kind of key differentiator here is that this is an actively managed dynamic vault uh, for earning stable coin yields, which doesn't exist anywhere else. Um, and and the, the the thing that definitely isn't being offered is uh, this kind of active management on UniV3 stable pools. Uh, that's like the novel factor in this vault. You know, you have things like urine stable coin pools. Uh, we're big fans of Origin USD. 
uh, that essentially does kind of some kind of stablecoin management as well. But nobody is really offering access to uh, USDC, USDT on Uniswap V3. And so, you know, there's, there's good reasons for that. And so this is what we're able to offer. This is what's different with this product. And this is why the yields are significantly higher than a lot of other stablecoin offerings. So, so what has that first week performance been like? So we've been live since uh, last Wednesday, January the 25th. Uh, since then, we've done north of 7% uh, organic APY. At the same time, Somalia is offering incentives on the pool, which are in addition to that kind of base organic, uh, real 7% or 7.5% yield. Um, now, this week has been like a really good week for us to launch. I think we got really lucky with the timing in the sense that it's been a really good week for Uniswap. So the, the thing that's interesting about um, this Uniswap opportunity is that it's not here all the time, right? There are good weeks and bad weeks where there's more volume, less volume. You know, the interesting things happen with the liquidity distribution. But this was a particularly good week. And so we've been able to extract you know we've been able to offer our users what nobody else is offering which is the ability to capitalize on these really high volume weeks and so you know we're able to get seven five seven point five percent average apy over this last week um, on stablecoin yield which is phenomenal and on top of that you know this week was relatively volatile in terms of tvl right because over the course of the week our tvl has been growing significantly and so, uh, you know, I think like you know, in under a situation where TVL is stable, we would have done even better. Um, and so we can get more into, you know, how we've been able to capture that yield. Um, and there's some interesting things there as well. Yeah. Do you want to just, uh, I guess, before we dive into the how, you know, Zucky, I know you've been in crypto a long time. D, I know you were eagerly, you know, following this. What were your initial impressions at just this first week performance? So, you know, we put all of these years of work into this, but you know, you don't, and like back testing is great, right? But you don't know that uh, you're actually gonna be a competitive market maker in a very competitive pool uh, until you go live. Um, and I think the, the most exciting thing, um, which, you know, in the tweet thread, uh, we have the charts and everything to prove it is, you know, we've gone live and actually been, you know, a top, essentially a top 10 uh, uh, LP in the, in this like USDC. USDC. Probably give more credit than that, than top 10. I mean, based on the, the thread, right? Like in the amount of capital that was put into the, the USDC, USDT pool um, in terms of overall um, position value, really only one LP outperformed real yield USD with higher size and also higher yields. There were some that had higher yields, but had less position sizing, and some that had higher, slightly yeah. higher position sizing and then slightly lower yield. So I think overall, like that's, yeah. that's an incredible. And that one LP is like, has a large position, is, 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 uh, is rebalancing all the time. So yeah, I just think the results are incredible. Yeah, it's, it's great results. And to Zucky's point, I think they, based on the, the color scale, it's hard to see exactly how many times they repositioned, but upwards of 25, 26 plus times. And I think the, the real yield USC only repositioned itself about five, five to six times. And um, that's obviously more, more gas efficient being able to do it that way. So I think overall it's, it's great. And like Sun said, it's, it was probably a really good time to launch. The crypto markets have been extremely volatile. 
um, all the trade volume across all the DEXs in crypto are really, uh, you know, m- much higher than they were a week, two weeks ago plus. Um, but at the same time, everyone, every other LP in uni, in Uniswap pools had the same opportunity to capture that volatility. And real yield, at least in its first week, is, is a top two or maybe even top three LP uh, in, in this specific pool. So it's great results. Sam, do you want to touch on, you know, how y'all have been, like, just what you've been doing on this Uniswap pool, like, why it's important and, and just some of the actions you're taking there? Yeah, so, you know, Zaki described the pool as a as a battle zone. That is, that is, <laughs> I think, pretty apt. Uh, there's a lot of parties who are trying to capture these opportunities. Uh, none that we can identify are vaults in the way that, you know, real yield USD is. So, We've been, we kind of have this interesting constraint where it's like a vault will never be able to rebalance, you know, 30 times in a week, right? Which is what the top performer is doing. Um, so there's this interesting question of like, okay, we have to be really smart about how we rebalance, managing things like impermanent loss, right? Some people actually, you know, there some people do make money just passively LPing, but uh, you really, you know, that those opportunities really come and go. And to really extract maximum value from this pool, you have to be active. Uh, there's a sweet spot, right? So it's been interesting, you know, it's been challenging. And this is kind of what we've been developing for a year, which is deep expertise in Uniswap V3, deep expertise in the dynamics of this particular pool. And, you know, kind of the result of that research is our ability to have uh, much more efficient rebalances and capture a large amount of the fees given that we can't rebalance like, you know, many, many times a day. And I, I know you're just a, a fraction of that pool, but what sort of relative to, to your size, how much of the fees are you capturing at least in that first week? Yeah. So, you know, but passive liquidity, if you're providing passive liquidity, you might expect if you're 10% of the pool, you would get 10% of the fees, right? That's not how Uniswap V3 works. It really is like a free for all and you have to you have to grab the fees uh, intelligently. So what we've been able to do over the last week is we were essentially, you know, like 2% of the pool in terms of TBL, but we were actually able to capture something like 6.5, 6.6% of the fees. Uh, so that shows you the advantage of active management, right? Uh, you're able to do multiples on either on your pool share. And this really is a function of being able to uh, rebalance into optimal positions, having some kind of understanding of the dynamics that are going on, and having the architecture to capitalize on this, which is what some, you know, the Somalia architecture uniquely provides. Yeah, thank you. thanks for that. And D, I know you and I have been talking and you had some questions you wanted to ask son yeah like in regards to report performance and, and things of that nature so why don't you ask those yeah for sure thanks um yeah so son so obviously real yield usd in, in the first week there's about two million uh dollars of total value managed in, in those vaults today or in that vault today um how do you see this and i know you put out um the small year team and, and yourself and, and seven c's put out a report probably about a week or two ago kind of showing the projected returns based on uh as the vault scales in, in TVL or TVM, um, based on what maybe it's a little too early to say because it, it has only been one week and it's been a very volatile week. But how do you see the yield uh, from real real yield USD vault performing as it scales? Like, do do you think this vault? Uh, and obviously, it's, I'm sure the the strategy itself will evolve over time as more data comes in. But do you think that this is a vault that can manage fifty million dollars, hundred million dollar plus uh, in size? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we, you know, before launch, we did a bunch of work, essentially evaluating, like doing a sensitivity analysis on TVL, um, and we did re release that report, which kind of showed that it's, it's kind of a guess as to how TVL might impact our positions. Um, that being said, I think a lot of our research and a lot of our estimates beforehand have been really, really conservative in terms of measuring the impact of positions. We've taken, like, we take super naive views on uh, market impact. And what that means is that, like, the live performance should be significantly better than backtesting performance in terms of TVL impact. Uh, that's, you know, that's not normally the case, right? Usually when you go from backtesting to the real world, there's usually there's a loss in performance, but we've been super conservative. Uh, so that being said, just to give some concrete answers, I think we could uh, tolerate this particular seller, really LDSD could tolerate uh, tens of millions, let's say maybe 20 million with uh, very little loss in performance. Um, you know, this is really a function of the kind of activity that's on Uniswap V3. Uh, that's really the ter determining factor. And so, you know, presumably as we capture a larger and larger share of that pool, uh, there will be an inflection point where it's like, okay, we can't keep adding more, uh, you know, more liquidity to this pool because uh, our fraction of fees will go down. But that's in the tens of millions. Um, and so I think, you know, I don't know about 100 million. I think I'm less confident in that, but I'm very confident that this product can support 50 million in TVL and still be. Uh, you know, state-of-the-art yields, stablecoin yields, and outperform essentially every other opportunity, at least while, you know, while this uh, this kind of untapped Uniswap V3 potential exists. That's great. Um, I, I do have uh, actually two more questions, and I'll, I'll direct the first one to Zucky, and then the second one can be either Sun or Zucky. Um, so it, it's, it is early days for Sommelier as a product. Um, but I think a really interesting use case for, for Sommelier is Dow Treasury Management. So we, um, I know it's still in active voting uh, between MakerDAO and Yearn, but pretty much Yearn, uh, there's about, I don't know, three, two, two and a half to $3 billion of stablecoin sitting in MakerDAO's uh, peg stability module, the PSM. And we've seen institutions like Coinbase and, and Gemini start saying, hey, MakerDAO, we can actually put that capital to work. Give it to us. We'll put it in treasuries. We'll, we'll do revenue sharing with, with MakerDAO. Um, and they've been you know, taking advantage of those opportunities. We recently saw Yearn uh, request $100 million of, of USDC from the PSM um, and say, like, look, stop giving to centralized financial institutions. Have we learned anything from FTX? How, what if you what if Maker deposited this hundred million dollars into Yearn, and then was they, uh, Yearn really did some type of revenue sharing agreement with MakerDAO? Um, it looks like it's going to pass. It's still up for executive voting, but I think Sommelier is in a perfect position to kind of take on this this opportunity. So, want to hear your thoughts on that? I think, I mean, there's there's an interesting irony to this uh, um, to this um, uh, situation because. The particular pool that we're um, uh, we're we're going after is actually like one of the few stablecoin pools in uh, Uni V3 that isn't actually saturated with capital from the maker PSM, um, and like you know uh, with uh, with the with all of the die pools, um, uh, you know maker in cooperation with Arrakis have like saturated those pools with capital from the PSM. Um, I think it's an interesting question about 
you know, what would be the right product to bring to Maker and whether or not real USD, real USD is that right product. I think for other DAOs, especially with DAOs that are, are, are more comfortable with mixed exposure to all of the big stable coins, um, this is a, a really great product because, you know, it's essentially, you know, money market fund or treasury ETF level liquidity. And right now, you know, you know, this organic yield is 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 two x that, um, at least in this first week. Um, and, you know, there are incentives on top of that. So I think I, you know, I, we and we just launched um, yesterday, we launched Wallet Connect support inside of the app. Um, and what Wallet Connect support does is it allows, uh, you know, people who are Gnosis safe users and, uh, you know, uh, if you're using like custodial, like, you know, custody provider wallets like uh, Blockfire and stuff like that, or um, Fireblocks and stuff like that to uh, to uh, more easily interact with the app. Um, and so we are really trying to uh, encourage people to uh who are who are managing DAO treasuries to like give us a try. Um, it's definitely something that we think is uh, something with a lot of potential. That's great. And I, I do have a second question. I, I'm kind of toss, toss it up to Zucky and, and Son, but um, Son, I, I think I heard you on the Xerox Research podcast um, a couple weeks ago. I, th I think it was there, I, I could be wrong, but you talked about how that there's low hanging fruit in DeFi. Um, Obviously, I know we're talking about the real yield USD performance, which has been great over the past week. But I'm and I don't, you know, don't want to get too ahead of my skis. But I'm curious what some of that, some of that low hanging fruit you think is in DeFi, and maybe you can share, uh, maybe potentially future strategies that uh, the Seven Seas team is thinking about uh, executing on. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I won't spoil too much, but and I think it was on that podcast that I mentioned this. Uh, there are tons of almost like ARB-like opportunities in DeFi that are available right now. Uh, there's there's actually more than we have the time to develop into a vault. It's kind of an interesting state that DeFi is in. But there we are definitely developing new strategies. One that we've been getting excited about is uh, something like, you know, we've been referring to it as real yield ETH. Uh, so diversifying away from stablecoin strategies, which the first two 7C strategies have been stablecoins, right? It was Aave first, and then Real Yield, which kind of supersedes Aave. But uh, we have a very promising idea for an ETH, an ETH strategy that captures some very similar, uh, it's, it has similar motives to the Real Yield USD strategy. And uh, beyond that, you know, one kind of vision for Somalia is to become core uh, DeFi infrastructure for you know, many DeFi protocols, right? Um, and so basically there's this opportunity to use active management to make protocols more efficient. Um, so there are a couple of interesting partnerships that we're exploring, a couple of protocol specific strategies. Um, you know, we've been, we're, we love protocols like Euler, you know, we've, uh, there's, there's tons of DeFi primitives and if you look closely enough, there's interesting opportunities. So I'll give you, I'll give you one concrete one. Uh, you know, Yearn has been running this strategy on Compound, which essentially earns a Compound uh, borrow incentives. And there's obvious specific times when uh, borrow incentives plus uh, lending APY actually outweigh borrowing costs, right? So what you can do is you can run a very simple looping strategy, which, you know, you supply some asset, you borrow that asset, and then you keep doing that, right? 
And those strategies have been working for a little while. Those strategies exist all over the place, right? Um, so that's just an example of like one of the low hanging fruit that it's like, it's kind of hard to do that without active management because you really want to be as capital efficient as possible, right? You want to be aggressively avoiding liquidations. Uh, you want to have the tightest loops possible. So that's kind of the flavor of some of the strategies we're exploring in addition to, you know, more interesting things like real yield uh, USD. It's awesome. And I, not a question, but I could also see a world, um, and maybe this is coming down the pipe, but there's protocols like Gearbox that allow for like levered longs and levered short positions on top of, um, I, I believe, Uniswap V3 positioning or, or Uni V2 as well. Just any whitelisted contract, uh, Gearbox allows um, leverage on, levered long and le levered short. So if you're, if Somalia becomes this multi-yield uh, strategy marketplace where there's a bunch of institutional investors coming on, uh, or I'm sorry, in, in, institutional capital allocators coming with, you know, momentum trading positioning and, and like you said, real yield ETH positioning, you can actually start creating like delta neutral yield strategies um, and, and also um, actually going back to Dow Treasury management, a lot of DAOs hold a majority of their, their, their treasuries is in their own native token. So it'd be very interesting to see um, Dow Treasury management creating like a delta neutral strategy so that these, these DAOs kind of have longer runway and aren't necessarily, um, you know, don't, don't necessarily succumb to a, a very deep bear market where their treasury value plummets 95% like we've seen recently. Yeah, and we, we love Gearbox. That's a great primitive. Um, we've been actively thinking about best way to, to integrate with them. I have one question for the group, just because we've sort of touched on it, um, like especially with Sun's comment on low-hanging fruit. Do we, is there like a myth that DeFi markets are perfectly efficient? Um, just want to hear the group's thoughts on that. They are not perfectly efficient. I think that's, you know, I'd be bold enough to say that's objectively the case. Agreed. Cool. Um, okay, and then maybe one final question before we open it up to to some like audience questions. Zaki, I know the team's been thinking about going multi-chain. Did you just want to um, highlight how we're thinking about that? Um, the uh, the um, okay. So we have the after the staking rewards and fee sharing upgrade, which is the next upgrade for Sommelier. The upgrade protocol upgrade after that is going to go multi-EVM um, because we have been really excited about what's been happening in DeFi and in places like Arbitrum and Avalanche, um, getting access to you know the uh, perpetuals and options primitives that are uh, thriving on those chains is really exciting from a strategy point of view. Uh, also, having strategies that cost you know that are cheaper from a gas cost point of view to get into um, also very exciting for us. Um, and so, um, the, um, um, that's the, th those, those opportunities are, are pretty much what we're, what we're doing multi-chain to access. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I know Jimmy has a question, so we'll see what that is. Um, Jimmy, if you, if you'd like to ask your question. Oh, there he is. Good to talk to you. Much appreciated that I've been brought up. Uh, I know that Sam Bankman Free to help fund you. Um, have you taken his money? Thank you. 
We took Alameda money in October of 2021 um, and uh, delivered them their tokens. Okay. All right. Thanks for the question, Jimmy. Um, any other audience questions? Maybe while we're waiting for for another question, D, is there any strategies that are on your wish list? Good question. Um, I mean, I kind of hinted at it with like Gearbox. I think that'd be very interesting. Um, just creating some Delta neutral market, Delta and Gamma neutral strategies, just uh, leveraging that protocol. Um, I mean, Sun hit on the, the you know Dex arbitrage opportunities. There's a ton of them in, in the space. Uh, the you know DeFi is is you would think that an open source financial system would be more um, uh, efficient than than what we have in today's financial world uh, in a closed source financial system, but it's it's inherently it's it's extremely inefficient. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I, those are really the, the only two that really came to my mind is really leveraging Gearbox and and just dex arbitrage is, is a big area of focus what about from an ecosystem perspective where do you think it could be interesting for somalia to be next yeah i think i mean it's hard not to say arbitrum is, is probably the next one you at least in my opinion and I, I don't necessarily know if that's on the roadmap next I, it might be but um i'd have to imagine arbitrum is, is one of the next two or three uh ecosystems you go to Everyone and their mother is built trying to build on top of GMX, for example, um, and with all these real yield narratives going on, and and uh, trying to, you know, take counter positions against GLP uh, token holders. Um, I mean, GMX right now is not not just GMX. I'm sorry, the Arbitrum ecosystem. Regardless, they have no token drop, and if you look at it, Optimism, for example, has has a token. Uh, they're they're incentivizing a lot of users over there, and this is not a knock on optimism. But you know, the moment you saw optimism's quests drop, their transactions and overall on chain activity kind of dropped like a stone. And Arbitrum is currently like the leading L two, at least in terms of like organic usage. Um, so I think there's a lot of exciting stuff going on both chains. I think Arbitrum probably has a little more opportunity to build other products off of, and I think they just have more a larger user base and more dedicated user base as of now. Um, so I, I would say that's probably somewhere you, you want to go to eventually, uh, if not you know sooner rather than later. And at, at, I'm, an, I'm a Cosmos Maxi as you know diehard at the end of the day, so I'd be very interested. And I know asynchronous composability issues uh, across app chains probably limits how much can be done. Uh, with sommelier in in the cosmos eco but i think with dydx coming uh obviously we just saw mars launch on top of osmosis which probably gives some interesting opportunities um i'd be you know i would love to see some cosmos eco strategies in the future as well yeah great thank you thanks for that perspective i think you've you've touched on a lot of things that we're we're thinking about as well um zucky any final thoughts on real USD, um, including like some of the things we have upcoming? Um, absolutely. The um, I guess final thoughts on real yield USD is that it has been uh, a really uh, encouraging initial week. Um, we are planning on growing quite a bit. Um, I'm very excited about the governance proposal, adding more incentives. 
uh, to the uh, uh, to the real yield real yield USD pool. Uh, we think we can scale this product quite a bit. Uh, very excited about new strategies coming along, um, and you know, there's just like a lot of exciting stuff coming down on the sommelier front. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, Sun or D, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up this space? Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yep, that's really all I have. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so if you are interested in learning more about the Real Yield USD vault, you can go to app.somalia.finance. We're currently running uh, liquidity mining incentives. And like Zeki mentioned, there's a proposal to increase those incentives by about two and a half times. So potentially more incentives on the way, um, assuming this vote passes, which should go up today. So in the next couple of days, assuming the vote passes, there, there will be even more rewards. And then we'll continue to update you um, and the, like you as the community on the performance. We think this continues to, to be, will continue to be one of the best sources of high quality yield on Ethereum. So best in class yields and, you know, the team is working tires, tirelessly to provide users with, you know, access to, to such a great product. So um, thanks everyone for joining and thank you to Zaki, D and Sun for, for taking the time to uh, speak to the community today. Have a good day. Thanks everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Real Yield USD Performance Update hosted by Somalia Finance. Recorded on Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Waking up like a basement dweller Stepped out the door and heard racist yelling 2020, what an ugly shit show Staring at the fucking Rick Roll from the get-go Looking outside, the whole state's on fire The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars And replace the writers with AI just like us Emaciated models killing bright birds First in, last out, picture me rolling The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Burks gonna cash cow, country stolen Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden Trying to be soulful Spitting that molten Lava from the bottom of the caldera I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle And offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle Blasting off in a rocket The many people who will, will see things happen to them That are in their favor So someone's looking over me That's a, that's a fascinating phenomenon When that happens And when you analyze those situations, what you find is, is that we as humans simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like, who would have guessed you turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret. Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet. I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks. Looking at the rectangles, damn, they kinda thick. We've gone through a whole lot of kings here. Cutting off heads just to bring cheer Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up When you'd give an arm and a leg just to try the junk On some first time buyer's luck Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch And put your hands up if you fuck this year And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare And put your mask on just to go outside Looking at the planet about to downsize So climate change will not make Earth uninhabitable Earth 
basically every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. Terrible spaces.